Fuck, I don't like sobriety. This is gonna get weird. Hail, salutations, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the GNA Podcast. I'm your host, Blue Shark 45, and today, today's a special day, because it's Friday, and that means it's the end of the work week until you realize that you have to do taxes tomorrow, and then you have to get up early to go do some men's prayer group thing, and then you got to do Bible study, homework. And there's just so many things and you don't have fun anymore because you're an adult. Welcome to the real world. But we're going to escape from the real world for a little bit. and We're going to talk about the fun things in life. But let's first introduce tonight's special guest. The man, the myth, the legend, the IT guy who lives in some other state that's colder and sees this precipitation that's called snow. We have Damoc. How are you doing tonight, Damoc? Oh, man, I'm doing good, but my adulting is very different than your adulting. It's the weekend, I kick the kids out of the house, and then I play video games all weekend. Isn't that child abuse? Or do you give them, like, winter jackets? Or like, there's no snow here. It's in the, like, mid-50s. They're fine, dude. They have jackets. I don't, like, you know, not give them warm weather gear and cold weather gear, right? They're good. They have food and everything. They can come in for water when they need it, but... You know, mandatory nine hours outside. No. <laughs> it's a it's a mandatory two hours of outside playtime because, you know, they need to get outside in quarantine. It's getting shitty. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys are still locked down, aren't you? Yeah, we're the one of the few states taking it seriously. And um, our death rate is not even close to everybody else's death rate. And we all wear masks and wash our hands. Yeah. I like freedom, but we're not going to get into that tonight. We're going to get into something else tonight. But first, this is GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, and we have to talk about what Damoc's drinking because Blue Shark's a wuss, and he's not drinking anything tonight because he took stuff for his migraine earlier. Oh, that's fun, but I just saw you drink something, so um, you could serve up first. That's why I'm not fun. I'm I'm drinking carbonated strawberry flavored water. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's got a very light strawberry taste. You get past the fact that it doesn't taste like strawberry, like sugar water. I don't know. It, it took me a bit to get past this carbonated stuff because it's zero calories, no sugar, no sodium. So... It tasted very diet-like in the beginning, but it's grown on me now, and I just, you know, enjoy it. It's very good.
You hit the wrong button, did you, bud? Oh, man. I didn't <laughs> stop recording, though. <laughs> I, I went to click on recording chat, not political voice. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we lost Damoc for a second. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody tagged me in something, and I went to go and check it, and then I went back to click on the, the, the chat for the end. Yeah, anyways. I didn't pause my recording, though. I just kind of went, ah. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> All right, so, uh, wait. Oh, hang on a second, folks. Um, I just got word. Uh, now, let's go to Cecil. Well, I'm actually uh, I'm glad you asked, Blue. I've been I've been chilling out. I've been trying some different drinks. Uh, and you know what? I jumped back down into the vodka world. And if you all you know, I'm highly allergic to vodka, so I try to stay away from it. But I've been drinking some Kettle One, a whole bunch of Grey Goose, um, and then I went and I started drinking uh, some more Kettle One, um, and then I finished the Grey Goose, and. Uh, and then more Grey Goose and more Kettle One and then there was something in there about quantum physics and I think I pooped. Well, that was completely useless. All right, Damoc, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Oh, man. After all that, my head hurts. I, I, I don't like the things that he says most of the time. So I've just decided to double down and drink more Kraken over ice because uh, this is going to be a rum night. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's that dark it one, right? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a real dark. I See, I don't like Captain Morgan because the military ruined that for me. I drank way too much of it that um, I threw up a lot of it. So... I won't ever drink Captain Morgan again, but Kraken is relatively inexpensive, and I uh, just pour the shit over ice and drink it, and it's good. What about private stock from Captain Morgan? Threw it all that? up, man. Threw it all up. I cannot drink okay. Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan has a very, very unique and distinguishable smell and taste, and as soon as I smell it, my stomach turns. See, I get that with, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm blanking on this. Jaeger. Because I don't like black licorice. And that's what Jaeger is. And so, like, uh, no thank you. Oh, man. Jägermeister makes Damoc nicer. Like, that's... <laughs> fucking every girlfriend i've ever had be like oh if you want to put damoc in a cuddly mood and he's super wonderful and nice and sweet feed that motherfucker jaeger don't <laughs> overdo it there's a threshold right <laughs> half a bottle i do about half a bottle of jaeger and i'm cuddly and loving and i say sweet nothings and it's a good time oh, i love jaeger do you do you think it um it still would take half a bottle at this point Yes, because as soon as I start drinking more than half a bottle, then it's like really drunk Damoc, like bad. But if I get to that half a bottle point, like I, I, I got the little sweet nothings going on. I'm cuddly. I'm lovey. I'll watch TV and have a great time. Be like, yeah, babe, this show's fucking great. I love it. 
then yeah, wake up in the morning and be like, oh man, I don't feel so great, but um, she's all in a loving mood. Be like, oh, my beard smells like pussy juice. (laughs) (sighs) Well, I guess that's a good sign. You know, you know, you got, you you turns, turns some people cuddly, it turns my stomach, but, you know, we all have our favorites, we all have our distastes. Um, Oh, true story. Yeah. But, uh, let's go into, um, State of Games. Um. Okay, hold on, first off, you can't say, uh... Uh, I haven't been playing anything. I haven't had any time. Like, no, I've seen you show up in the chat a couple times. And that 15 minutes over the course of the entire week that you've been in the actual Discord, that 15 minutes scattered could have been used for playing a game instead of saying random good mornings to everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could have. I, I could have dedicated 15 minutes to that. But the problem is, is I seem to always spend that time in the morning and it's mostly like I'm, I'm walking in and i'm standing in the elevator or uh i'm on the john or i don't know i happen to be delaying the start of my day sitting at my office desk okay so you're sitting and you're taking a shit okay um you play a phone game you either scroll facebook yes. you scroll yes. news you scroll porn or you play a game I, I do I do play games uh, on my phone. I I just I just hate that that at this point in my life, that's all I do. Um, I don't turn on the PC and play a game. I don't turn on the consoles and play a game. Uh, so I've been playing Pokemon Go. They uh they currently have a uh, a new season and they call it the season of legends uh event wild theme pokemon 1.25 times increase for five star raid xp um they're currently introducing some new they're not new i think they're just you can find shinies of them now but they have the they remind me of what were they called? Um, no, they were demons. These are these are probably more based off of gods, but there were demons, thunder and lightning, and uh, Inuasha. They rode on these clouds. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I liked Inuasha. It was a good show. Yeah. Well, one of these guys, he he looks like he's got clouds on his paws. Um. I don't know. For some reason, every time I see him, he I just I just think of Inuyasha and those cloud demons. But um, so the seasons of legends and uh, let's see if they mention the names of these guys. Uh, Theria form tornadoes, Therian form thunderous, and Therian form landerous. So there's different, I guess these are the different forms of Tornadus, Thunderous, and Landorus. Um, so, so the, not going to lie to you, I don't know shit about Pokemon at all. I don't really know these guys either. They weren't in 
gold. They weren't in silver. They weren't in red, and they weren't in blue. But, uh, yeah, so they're going to show up now. Um, and then right now they've added, this is something they've been out of for a while, uh, special research tasks. So, like, the one where you can, like, discover Mew and Selby and, um, you know, there's different different things like the Spirit Bomb. But they have the, what's this called? Uh, the higher they fly, and it has to some, do something with Team Rocket. So, there's more Rocket balloons coming up, and I've been fighting Grunts, taking down Giovanni at least twice. But uh, that's what I've been doing. I've been catching some Pokemon. Um, which, which uh, let's see, Gen, are they on? One, two, three, four, five. They're on the sixth Gen now, Kalos. They've got Galar. But I'm not really sure how all these Gens work because sometimes these guys, they... They say they're like, oh, that's from 8th gen. I'm like, well, then what the hell is Galar supposed to be? Because that's the Pokemon Sword and Shield game. Yeah, yeah so if your boss is ever going to listen to this and he listens to this episode, he knows that those 45-minute shit breaks that you take <laughs> <laughs> is you is going through your Pokemon, man. Ah, uh, there's not enough Pokemon around me to take a 45-minute shit break. But I do sometimes do the battling while I'm sitting on that shit. So, you, so you'll hear this. <laughs> oh, man. That could be mistaken for a couple different things. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But uh, what what's your uh, state of games there, Damok? Uh, well, I started getting back into heavily modded RimWorld, so I'm playing RimWorld again. Like I said, it's always the game that when I don't have anything to do, I fall back to RimWorld, and again, a new heavily modded playthrough, um, I'm playing it on a very peaceful difficulty this time. I think it's just regular adventure mode with uh, Phoebe, Phoebe, Chillax, or whatever. And it's more the... I'm trying to get into, like, really beautifully designed bases. Uh, you know, just doing dumb shit in RimWorld. Uh, of course, I still have horrible, horrible mods installed, so I can commit atrocious war crimes. But it is what it is. Are you killing nursing home grannies and grandpas, or...? Well, I, I thought I saw something one day that had to do something with like uh, an elderly home or something. What, what, what was this? Uh, so one of the YouTubers that I watch that does a lot of really fucked up shit in RimWorld has a good time. He uh, decided to make a nursing home and uh, yeah, uh, it, it was pretty good. So he got all his RimWorld people that came in were all elderly. So they had problems with drug addiction and alcohol addiction and their frail bodies and their limbs aren't working and they have cancers and some of them like they have dementia and then he's trying to just take care of them and you know it gets to the point where it's like jesus man 
uh, these people are fucked up so bad, I can't keep this one person in bed, so you have to amputate both of his legs. Then you have to amputate both of his arms, and he just kind of lays there. Then once he's cured of his addiction, he puts basic prosthetics back on them. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it really was as dark as Cecil said it was going to be. But it's a good good show. If you watch it and uh, come to the fucking GNA Discord, legitimately, I'm always posting RimWorld shit. All right. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a game that I probably won't stomach very well because it sounds uh, it sounds gruesome. No, no, um, it can be gruesome, but it doesn't. Okay, so the game is brutal, but not in the uh, horrible, horrible way. Like if you get into a melee fight or whatever, you can get your eye punched out or something like that, and you can put in a prosthetic eye through the surgery thing. I just have the expanded War Crimes mod that allows me to suture people's mouths shut and do other horrible things to them in order to make them comply with what I want them to do. Expanded War Crimes mod. Yeah, it's like uh, it's RimWorld War Crimes Expanded. Okay. Well, I guess this isn't what I was thinking of. I'm looking at it right now, the screenshots. Uh, I wonder what game it was I was thinking of. Hmm. No, like, I mean, RimWorld, I wouldn't say it's cutesy art style, but it's more... It's not actually brutal art style, not high-fidelity graphics with buttons. A fucking top-down colony manager... That has, uh, I'm gonna use quotation marks here. Advanced AI, um, and I mean the AI is really good for a colony manager. It's much better than all the other colony managers I've played. I love playing colony colony manager games. So, okay, war crimes mods. So there is some you can turn on gore, I guess. No. Well, I mean, the game already has blood, but okay. I mean, blood just counts as more of, as dirt, and dirt makes people unhappy. So, yeah, there's vomit in the game. So, if somebody vomits on the ground, it counts as dirty, and any level of dirtiness brings down the quality of the area that the person's in. So, blood and and mud from your shoes and vomit and all that counts against you. But yeah, uh, the War Crimes mod is just. You really have to get into the game and then realize that, God damn it, I want these prisoners to do what I tell them to do and stop doing weird shit. So I'll suture their mouths, I'll cut off a foot, and then I'll put in a pain spike. So every time they try and move past an area, it radiates a big metal spike into their spleen and just causes massive pain so they go back to work. Yeah, War Crimes mod. They're really selling that one. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's transition into something else that's uh, that's that's sad. Uh, so, as many of you all are, are aware, um, we try to avoid topics that pertain to certain realms of real life such as politics and religion. Well, I'm going to quote, I believe it's Andrew Bipart, uh, Breitbart, 
uh, politics is downstream from culture. And this right here is going to fall more into the culture category uh, and less the political category, but there are some political elements to this. But we're going to talk about Dr. Seuss. Yeah, so Dr. Seuss, um, as you all may not know, is not alive anymore. If you didn't know that, I'm very sorry, but that happened a while ago. He His books are managed by, uh, I want to say it's Dr. Seuss Enterprise. So basically the ministering of, you know, publishing things um, and, you know, profits, all these things that come from the books. Um, I guess if they found some more work of Dr. Seuss, they could put it, they could publish it. Uh, so these books are very near and dear to my heart, the Dr. Seuss books. I grew up reading Dr. Seuss books. Um, I loved Cat in the Hat. I loved Green Eggs and Ham. If I Ran the Zoo was a good one. Um, the Lorax. I mean, they made movies out of some of these things, you know, the, it's, uh, the Who's Down in Whoville. <laughs> You know, the, how the, you know, the Grinch stole Christmas, you know, these, these stories were awesome as a kid and they were just like out there, you know, rhyming with all of, all of these made up words sometimes, but like, even without his made up words, he still was a very, very talented writer. Um, I don't know if he did his own illustrations. I think he did. Um, but they always had these, you know, these, uh, interesting character caricatures of the different animals and the scenes, you know, puffs of clouds for trees and stuff like that. But anywho, uh, there was a group of people who did this study into, uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, his books and so they've determined that Dr. Seuss, that of his works, these six books, uh, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, Mick Elgott's pool on Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Eggs Super, uh, and uh, the Cat's Quizzer were considered to be uh, racist? No, no, not Harmful? considered to be racist. They had racist stereotypes and they had harmful stereotypes or depictions. But the overall book, the book itself wasn't. There was just some elements in there that were. Uh, it's interesting, though, that those aren't the top books for Dr. Seuss anyways. No. I think... I think some of, I think, and to think I saw it on, on Mulberry Street was like his first book or the one that actually like got him noticed. Uh, so that was one of, you know, like that was like his, this is how he broke out into the children's book market was that one. So that, you know, that kind of sucks. Um, I remember if I ran the zoo, that was, I liked that book. You know, that was cool. It was like, 
know, this kid's like, oh, he seems to be so proud of the zoo that he runs. And he's like, if I ran the zoo, then you think, you know, all these imaginations are these imaginary animals that came out of his imagination, like what he would buy, what he would bring from all of these lands far and wide. See, and, I think it's a little sad that they're canceling the six books. Um, the six books that they're canceling are not ones that I remember. I think my absolute favorite Dr. Seuss is Green Eggs and Ham. Like, come on, Sam, I am. We're yeah. have a good time. That's my absolute favorite. And I've seen a lot of the other Cat in the Hat and read a lot of the other Cat in the Hat stuff. I've watched some of the, the weird movies they've had that weren't any good. Um, but this isn't the first uh, happening of them taking a review, a step back and looking at them, everything. You saw at the end of last year uh, what Disney did with the Muppets and a whole bunch of their movies, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so they, they took the, for those of you who don't know, what they did with um, a lot of their movies, they added context. They said, uh, these may not have shown, you know, show certain things in their product of their time, and they are not the uh, the best of whatever Disney's vision for the future Um so they're like, hey, you know, there's some things in here that portray people in a certain light that's very stereotypical, um, that was something that they did during this time that these things were made, but we're still going to show it. Yes. So, uh, especially on Disney+, Plus, what they did with a lot, uh, there's several episodes of the Muppets that were moved to this locked out and so like the jungle book and dumbo and a couple other big disney movies from way back were actually taken and removed from the children's section of disney even though we know they're children's movies that's what we watched and instead they were moved into the like 14 plus and then they put a 12 second unskippable ad in front of every single one of the movies and or episodes and it's a i have it pulled up on my screen it's it's very straightforward this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now rather than remove this contact or contact we want to acknowledge its harmful impact learn from it and spark conversation to create more inclusive future together Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of human experience around the globe. To learn more about how these stories have impacted society, visit Disney.com slash stories matter. Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't care for all of that per se, because I think it's, I still think it's kind of silly because well, yes, this is how they portrayed certain things, you know, the product of the time. I think parents should be the ones teaching their children this. I think I think parents need to be, you know, like, hey, you're watching this. Let me tell you, like, like you see that there, like, this is why that was done. Like, here's some history. Here's this is what the world was like during that time. I think that's a teaching moment that parents we should be taking upon. But, you know, Disney wants to do it. Fine. I think either way it should be taught or should be brought to the attention because yes, this is how we learned from what we've done in the past. So we don't repeat things. 
Like those who fail to study history are doomed to repeat it. Dr. Seuss Enterprise did the wrong thing. I am not thrilled that they've banned books um, because I remember a bookmark that I got in elementary school said read banned books and it listed all these books that you should read. They're banned. Harry Potter was on there. Uh, the church had a very strong opinion about Harry Potter. You know, witchcraft is frowned upon in Christianity. And it still is, ladies and gentlemen. It is not something to be celebrated. It is not something to be praised in the eyes of the church. However, I, do I think you should ban a book? No. Because you could start making a list and saying, well, we're doing it for these reasons. And those reasons start to get warped over time. And eventually we're in Fahrenheit 451 territory and we're having, all, we're, we're, we're in a bad, bad place. But what I got into, and maybe, maybe you can agree with me on this or not, Damoc, but this response that was done by them was done because of the times that we live in. We live in a time where, um, take an iconic TV show called The The Bachelor. For example, a girl went to a party and it was an antebellum themed party. And you can question whether or not you should have done that. Well, association, antebellum, you know, the South, what happened, then slavery, blah, blah, blah. She did those years ago. It resurfaces and everyone's attacking her for this. And, you know, the, the bachelor said, hey, 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 you know, let's show this woman some grace. And then the host of the show, who's an executive producer, says the exact same thing on a podcast hosted by a former bachelor at star, I believe. And everyone grabs their pitchforks and torches and they start to go after this person. So we live in a time where when you do something in your past and it comes to, to light that you get assaulted for this and you, there's all this bad press. And so Dr. Seuss Enterprises, well, we don't want to have to fight a PR scam on this. We don't have to fight all of this like they're going to come for us. That's how I look at their reasonings behind this. You know, they can... They can say what they want, but I think the times have painted their response in my eyes. This is my opinion. You can disagree with it if you want to, ladies and gentlemen, but my opinion is, is because of the times we live in where if you make a mistake in your past and it comes to light, the mob comes for you. So the mob was going to come for Dr. Seuss after um, learning for justice did its it's time to talk about Dr. Seuss. In light of a new study revealing stereotyped characters across Dr. Seuss's children's books published just before Read Across America Day, how educators engaged older students in critical discussions, or how can educators engage older students in critical discussions of this canonical Arthur? And it's like, hey, this is how you can address these things. But like this comes to light, and then 
you'll get some news outlet and they'll take it. They're like, Dr. Seuss is racist, horrible, and he's an evil person. Um, so I, I do agree with part of what you're saying. Um, the other part, I really think that uh, Dr. Seuss Enterprises or whoever's actually publishing the books should have legitimately taken a page from Disney, recalled all the books that are currently in stores, you know, and then have a voluntary one at home, and then maybe put a disclaimer page or two at the very beginning of the book that says, you know, these depictions, blah, 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 and then have it like, do it like fucking Disney did and have a goddamn link to something about a deeper discussion overall like the the disney tour the disney stories matter um and it goes into a full-length discussion throw a couple pages in there at the very beginning of the book call it a day reprint the damn book let people have the books yep instead you have these books are no longer published so the books skyrocket you know i i think these books probably would have cost you maybe 10 15 maybe $20. They're now going for I think I saw one for almost $1200. So, uh, that was happening on eBay and all of that and as of today eBay has banned all sales of Dr. Seuss books right now. Um you can still buy them on Amazon and yeah, they cost like 6 or 7 dollars brand new, up to 15 if you get the larger picture book ones. Because they have really nice bound yep. ones because they did Hard- anniversary editions. Hardcover Amazon from part of Classic uh, Seuss. Um, 1950 hardcover goes for $779.95. It's collectible. But yeah, I'm going to go into my garage and dig up my Dr. Seuss books and fuck, man, hopefully I have one of these banned ones and then I'm going to hold on to it for a couple of years and then list that bitch. I, you know, I would too. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to, to still do it, but here's the funny thing is, is like, I just went on to eBay and, uh, uh, if I ran the zoo by Dr. Seuss first printing mint, uh, 4,000 or best offer, uh, 24 watchers currently, uh, Dr. Seuss, if I ran the zoo hardcore mini $56, a mini. Oh, nice. Yeah, supposedly uh, eBay came out with their statement today and they've uh they've blocked the actual sales. So nothing's really going through anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they it's Yeah, and and they've told people like, "Oh, you know, like we've done this, but like I can click buy it now." No, you can. Um however, eBay still has to process the transaction. And then that's when they'll block you on it and to say that it's You so that you know, that's funny cuz I was like, "Huh, I wonder." And uh see if i can uh yeah there we go uh mein kampf 1939 complete and unabridged annotated um 475 dollars 158 dollars 500 dollars oh man you can get that shit hella cheap yeah, yeah i would like, not go on ebay and buy my I, I wouldn't either um I mean, maybe, if, maybe like if these were like original printings of some sort, like I could see that being worth like as a col- if you're a collector of certain things, then sure, like yeah, but yeah, like it's it's ridiculous, like you know that's there. Yes, but Mein Kampf is considered an 
historical artifact to an extent, right? And yeah. it does come with a big, big stigma attached to it. Whereas it Dr. Seuss books are not historical. They're, they're very nostalgic. Um, and they don't come with a bad stigma. They come with a great stigma. I remember this as a kid. My mommy used to read it to me all the time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is great. So there's a huge difference between Mein Kampf and Dr. Seuss books. And the ones, I, like I said, I don't believe in banning any books. Um, I, I just think that they're going about it the wrong way. I believe that they should legitimately recall all the books that they currently have in stores and then offer a recall to anybody who wants to go ahead and do it, and they'll swap it out for the new book. And the new book is the exact same book, except add a page or two in the beginning that's a disclaimer that opens up a discussion. Because, yes, I mean, we're looking at it. And you mentioned that shit happens in the past, and it comes back to bite you. Well, yes, we're trying to progress forward. How we're doing it is not exactly the right way to do it. And I think that's the argument and the disagreement. No one is quite sure how to progress forward with talking about these subjects. Do we just erase the history and move on? Do we open it for discussion and do that? But if we open it for discussion, how should we approach it? Uh, Everybody needs to know that it was wrong. Everybody needs to understand the times. But how come we were like that in the times becomes harder and harder as we progress further and further as a society. But yeah, I I think two or three page uh, disclaimer that maybe links you to some facts about it, the time and the history, and then just doing a recall on the the current books, a voluntary recall for people, and then reissuing the books would have been a much better idea than to straight not print the books. And as much as Disney can piss me off at times, I really do think that they went the right way. Um, several other places haven't. We saw the reboot of Roseanne come back, and I, you know, fuck, dude, the the show Roseanne growing up was so awful. I hated it so much, but so many people loved it. Um, yeah, right. It was-, it, it was a big thing, and then it got canceled because she ran her mouth on Twitter and said something stupid. And now there's no more Roseanne. And I was like, well, this sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's the, that's a bad thing. Um, and I mean, how do you, how do you do this with a book that did caricatures at the time? Um, kind of hard but what i'm thinking of is okay so if i said something offensive okay to um let's see there's a country music star that did this and i'll give you an example of him um, oh no oh no you don't even have to dude this he, was like two years ago all over the news where all the comedians because they were making gay jokes back in the 90s got slammed kevin hart was all over it he declined yeah. he declined the oscars and told him you know kind of fuck yourselves man you guys are gonna be mad at me for a gay joke that i said in 1992 when gay jokes were the thing to say yeah, yeah. hey so i would say that if i said something offensive and i offended someone who i knew say my neighborhood my neighbor overheard me say a word and it offended them well, it could be a curse word for you know for all intents and purposes like 
you know, there's people that, that, that offends their ears. They don't want to hear that stuff. You know, if I'm out there like working on the car or doing something, I'm cursing up a storm. Like they have small children. They're like, they're offended. They're annoyed by my, my behavior. Well, they can go record me and they could blast me out on the internet. And they say, look what this man's doing to the, to, you know, like I have children in this household and they're overhearing him say all of these words that they're now going to know. He's ruined their childhood by teaching them all these bad words. You know, you people come after me, attack me. I would never apologize to the massive number of people who view that video. I would go next door. I would talk to my neighborhood. I would do it not on a camera. I wouldn't do it for a recording. I wouldn't do it for a newspaper. I'd do it for the fact that I had apologized. I'm sorry. You're right. I said words that your little kids should not have had to hear. And I apologize for my behavior and how I've offended you and how I've affected your family. And that's it. You apologize to the people you offend. When you when people give way to the, I'm going to use the word, leftist, not liberals, leftist mob, when you give in to this leftist mob, you show them your neck and they will step on it. And they will not let go. So when you apologize and when you give to them, they're going to go, oh, well, we got six Dr. Seuss books. How many more can we get? So the idea is to not apologize to the mob. You apologize to the people that you know, care about, that you've offended. If you've actually offended someone, like it's an individual, not all these people who are just getting behind the, the rage. Like, no. Are you really affected by it? No. Am I really affected by caricatures of women? No, I'm not. If they, if they draw women wearing uh, aprons and in the kitchen and it offends a woman and I see that on the internet, should I be getting offended by it? No, that's nothing to get offended by. That doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, they can add a little caption above it says where they belong. That, you know. Sure, you could say it's offensive, uh, you know, because that means that you think women only belong in a kitchen and they're good for nothing have else. You seen, you, have, have you seen the first episode of like WandaVision? Uh, no, I've see, I've heard mixed reviews about that. Like I've heard good and I've heard bad. And so I haven't delved into that. Okay, so uh, spoiler, the first episode takes place in it's a 1950s sitcom. But they actually have that. It's Wanda okay. like doing it, and they're watching the TV commercial. And it was like, "Is your husband tired of you burning his toast?" And it's the woman holding <laughs> two things, and now they have a, a much better toaster. And the women are like, "Oh, this toaster is amazing!" Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm so, just thinking of that. It, it was funny. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's you know, like I grew up watching things like I Love Lucy and I Dream of Jeannie. Like you know, like if you. You know, so some people, you know, could be like, oh, yeah, that's where women belong. Like, yeah, I guess you could say that. But like if someone put that on the Internet, I have no right to be offended by that because it's like, how does, it, how does that affect me? How does that like, oh, well, you know, like, I'm not a woman. I'm a man. <laughs> so it's like I have no right to go after someone and be like, oh, we're going to cancel you. Like, yeah, no. I see. So that, you know, it's the people that you would direct that these people, if you directly offended someone that you cared about, that you hurt their feelings, your coworkers, like people that matter, physical 
reach out and touch. They're in my community. These people, you know, the internet's blurred that line. You know, the community is this massive, massive radius now. It's not this tiny thing anymore where it's your town, your your job or your neighborhood. It's this world. And you don't owe everyone an apology. You owe an apology to the people that you care about. And I guess it gets a little bit harder when you're rich and famous, but at the same time, you know, you give to these people, there is no, there is no forgiveness. The people that really are offended by these caricatures that Dr. Seuss had, these portrayals, they're, they'll burn Dr. Seuss books. There's people that are going to do that. And then there are other people who are going to go, yeah, well, you know, like you should probably just talk, you know, put a disclaimer in there or yeah, you should sit down with your kids and be like, hey, you know, this is why this is this. But like those people that are just going to be filled with hate and rage because of a caricature, there's no forgiveness for these people. They just want to cancel. And that's why you get this stuff is because they'll go for your neck but showing them your neck is an apology. I, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, this is only the beginning of the Dr. Seuss book uh, fiasco. No, no, you're talking about that angry mob, and I got it. That angry mob right now is jumping curbs and hitting robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, so Axios has got an article about sidewalk robots getting legal rights as pedestrians. You want to you tell the lovely people about this one, Damoc? Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty straightforward. They have these awesome little delivery robots that go about 12 miles an hour. Uh, they are about 550 pounds, or the size of a small suitcase. And they're starting to use them as delivery robots. And uh, people are not happy about seeing ground transportation robots delivering packages. It doesn't say exactly what they're delivering. Um, they're not for Amazon or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, these little suitcase-sized 550-pound robots that go 12 miles an hour are legally, legally allowed on sidewalks and have the exact same protection that pedestrians do. Uh, but only in some states. Pennsylvania, Virginia, Idaho, Florida, and Wisconsin have all passed legislation saying that that's it. They're, they're the same as hitting a human being. If you jump the sidewalk, you're fucked, bro. But I, So I guess the, the problem comes is Amazon's delivery drones or a delivery drone service in... And when I say drone, because the robots would also be drones, right? Uh, but when I say drone, I'm thinking flying services. You know, yeah. it, it would be an aerial drone for package delivery and all of that. We are at best guess, at like best case scenario, we're five years away from that. Worst case, from what Amazon says, we're 78 years away from it. Seven to eight years away from it. Five years at best, seven to eight years at worst. Um so they're trying ground transportation, but it's from this Starship technology is doing it. So that, it's interesting. It's only in a couple small sections of major cities for test purposes. But people don't like robots on the sidewalk. I guess the big fear is from all the movies 
that these big, super fast robots are going to be zooming up and down the sidewalk and you as a human are going to have to jump out of the way to make sure you don't get slammed by a robot. But, you know, that's... I mean... What are you going to do? Jump out in front of traffic? I mean, you're fucking stupid if you're... The, the robot goes 12 miles an hour tops right now. I mean, it could get faster later. But if a robot injures a human... A, it violates a, um, you know, a couple laws of robotics there. And uh, yep. B, that company that owns that robot is fucked. <laughs> yeah. But so here's I, you talk about like, oh, they're going to go like so fast. All right. Well, let's say they let's say for the next 150 years, they stay at 12 miles an hour. Here's where I see the problem. You know what I saw a lot? Last year, around uh, a month from now and continuing into the summer, I saw the Amazon truck a lot. I saw the I saw the delivery drivers. I saw all of these delivery, 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 delivery of packages from Amazon, FedEx, UPS, U, uh, USPS, and you saw I saw cars dropping off groceries. I saw all of this stuff. Go, 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 here, there, move, all this, everywhere. My God, they were everywhere. All right, well, let's replace them with a fleet of drones. So, you know, that that nice little sidewalk you like to take a stroll on and, you know, now you're going to have like, instead, like, we're on the sidewalk to get away from the traffic to keep people away from vehicles to protect pedestrians. So now we're going to start congesting that sidewalk with a bunch of robots doing deliveries. And it's going to take suburbia and it's going to turn it into like a commercial or city-like feeling where you have like, when you like step out of a vehicle, like a bus in Times Square, like you're hit with a wall of human traffic like there's so many pets and it's like go 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 you step out in some small town in alabama onto the sidewalk there's not a lot of people out there so adding this is just going to could have the potential to add more traffic onto a sidewalk and you know I think that's so, a problem. So studies have been done and studies are absolutely showing the exact opposite. So sidewalk traffic is at an absolute minimum use by people today. It yes. used to be when we were growing up, man, you had to skateboard, you had to walk, you had to ride your bike fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Right? You could you didn't get a damn car, you couldn't get a ride from people. But now Everything is transportation, transportation, transportation. You you do an Uber to come pick you up and take you somewhere instead of walking. And, I mean, there's more than Uber. There's all those different rideshare programs out there. And they are getting, like, legitimately, they're cheap as shit. So there's almost no reason to not use them. Our sidewalk, uh, so here in Virginia, uh, so anywhere south of the D.C. area, right? The D.C. area has a lot more sidewalks set up and a lot more pedestrian traffic way. Um, and it is probably used a little bit more because it is major city stacked upon major city stacked upon major city. But as you move 
into the middle of Virginia and south of there until maybe you get into Richmond, sidewalks only exist in neighborhoods. And you can't leave your neighborhood because there's no sidewalk outside of your neighborhood. It's really fucking weird. You have to have a vehicle to travel out of your neighborhood. So, seeing them here, I don't think that those robots are going to be that big of a deal. Northern Virginia and maybe in Richmond, um, that type of area, I could see it. But, yeah, sidewalk traffic, it's really, really gone down. People just don't spend the time. Now, do we walk around the neighborhood and all that? Yeah. But would I be worried about a couple drones delivering packages? No. I think it'd be pretty fucking cool to see it, honestly. And I don't think it's going to run into me because if it runns over my foot, you're looking at $12 million Damoc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But so so a couple, you said a couple. My point is, is that if they completely, like if every time a delivery comes to your neighborhood, it has to be done through one of these robots. Let's, let's say they become so FedEx usps gets into this game ups amazon uh laser ship dhl like all the delivery people like they use drones and let's say like you know that our our economy is evolving i go into target i can't find what i'm looking for i go into target.com i can find what i'm looking for like it's moving from people are like not even really shopping around in the stores like they're doing pickups so it's prepaid. They walk up to the cash register. They say name. The person grabs it, hands it to them. They. I went to a Target. They had one cashier, one traditional cash register open, and they had two people manning customer service slash checkout. Yep. And they that's were they the same were Target they, here. They were grabbing things, handing it to people, and they were leaving. So like people are going away from spending time in a store to now delivery or. Uh, you know, like drop it in my vehicle. Like before COVID hit, Target had spaces where you parked and they brought stuff out, stuck it in your car and said, hi, have a nice day. Thank you for shopping. And they drove A lot off. of places did that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like this is before COVID, but now COVID's hit and, you know, like places like Virginia where like, I'm sure like you guys are probably still pushing hard. Like you can't come inside or like, you know, like, contactless you know handoffs or deliveries of some kind like you know like it's becoming more and more of a thing now does it continue to go down this path i think it does because i think even before that i think people were it was getting delivered it was getting shipped i mean there's people who were you know like it's you you walk through a neighborhood and it's package 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 like almost every house like this wasn't just Christmas time. Like this is like during the normal times of the year. Like people are ordering more online. There's subscription-based services. Amazon, hey, sign up with us and you know we'll save you on shipping. Walmart has a similar thing. I don't know if Target has one, but like it's no. moving towards a delivery-based service economy where things are delivered that you purchase online. You buy clothes online. You buy this online that online. so you're saying that like it's a new concept and covid didn't i mean covid helped boost it yeah but amazon's been killing brick and mortar for 20 years right amazon's yes. been shutting that shit down period left and right for 20 years now this is nothing new covid made everybody else adapt to the amazon model and whether or not that's a good thing is definitely debatable. I will tell you that um, 
It's the greatest damn thing that I've ever had. We have our groceries from Publix delivered, our Costco orders delivered. I get all my shit from Amazon, Target delivers, Walmart delivers. Everybody delivers, man. I'm like, I don't Chick-fil-A really have... delivers. Dude, Chick-fil-A. Oh, my God. Not, I like that Grubhub. fucking chicken wrap. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, well, Chick-fil-A doesn't. It's uh, DoorDash. No, they do. But it's through DoorDash. So, like, McDonald's and Taco Bell and KFC and all of them also have that. Same thing with, like, Chipotle and Hooters and Buffalo Wild Wings. They all go through DoorDash and or one of the other five fucking companies now that does it. Around here, DoorDash is the big one. Um, Okay. But, yeah, they, I mean, they order it, and then the person goes in and scans the order through the phone. They pick up, and now you get the, the bags that have that piece of tape or that sticker over uh-huh. it that says, like, sealed bag for quality. That way, you know, if it's ripped open, you can immediately complain yep. and say, I don't want it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, but no- it's fucking nice, dude, because yeah. traffic in this area, and I don't know about where you were at, but here I am in Virginia, and my area of Virginia, all they're doing is is building houses upon houses upon houses. Yep. And right now, they have 19 projects around my house to expand the roadways and smooth the traffic congestion because a year ago, it would take me an hour and 45 minutes to get home. To go 29 miles would be an hour and 45 minutes because of all the traffic congestion, all the red lights I had to sit at, just that fucking bad. Now, fuck it, dude. Everybody's sitting at home. They're teleworking, and it's only the people shopping who are going out. And I love it. <laughs> like I, I, I love it. I, I, I really, really do. I know other people hate it, and I know what it's gonna do. It's gonna <laughs> cost. It's gonna cost jobs flat out. But we're gonna move yeah, towards a fifteen dollar minimum wage. We are gonna move in that direction, whether people like it or not. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. Most so the stores around here all do $15 minimum wage, right? Uh, Target has adapted it across the board. Um, So, yeah, all Targets are starting to pay $15 minimum wage. Chick-fil-A is paying a lot more now. I think they're up to almost $15. The sheets, the gas stations, all of that in this area have already switched over. Publix, the grocery store, $15 an hour. Um, And that's that's Publix as a whole. So every single Publix store, they switch to that. But what have they done? exactly what you were talking about there's one person running the fucking cashier maybe two if you're lucky then they have a couple people in guest services and then they have 40 different self-checkout machines with one person spraying it down with cleaner and calling in the next person yeah but so that's the thing so like if they move towards doing this like, you're not going to see a couple of these robots. Like, a couple of robots, okay, that's fine. But imagine when everyone's getting everything delivered, where we do move completely away from the brick-and-mortar model, where you go to a web page, and that's how you shop. Where I remember, I remember, like, ah, uh, how old was I? 12. I remember going on the internet, and I remember... I think it was called, I wonder if they're actually, you know, I wonder if they're still open. So I remember airsoft guns. Oh, yeah. I had a thing for airsoft guns. And, uh, yep, they're still there. Airsoft Atlanta. So I remember Airsoft Atlanta's, um, their front page 
what they had, you could see so many different things. I remember they showed pictures of their store and they they were they were it was a great store. Like I remember having to look up stuff, a lot of stuff, and like you couldn't find what they had. You had to go to a place, but there were certain places like this, like Airsoft Atlanta, that dedicated time to a web page to put their entire store through their web page. So it was like, oh man, I wonder if they have and look it up. Boom, you can find it. Gun stores have started doing this. They've done, you know, like there's certain, you know, um, I think I think still the best one isn't technically a store. It's gun broker. And it's more of uh, like, hey, you want a gun? And like, it's it's kind of like the Amazon or, yeah, it's like the Amazon of guns. You know, you go on there and you can find different like weapon parts or weapons. And all you have to do is you get it shipped to an FFL. Right. Um, and all of that is automated in their system now. Yeah. So it says you punch in your address. It finds the closest one to you that's going to mm-hmm. charge the least amount of money for you to have it transferred to them. And then you just have to go and pick it up and show proof of you know, age and verification and all that shit. That's right. Yep, does but it all our, for you now. It's really fucking nice, man. You want to buy some guns online. Yeah. It, that process ain't so bad anymore. But I remember um, there was a um, there was a place, I think it's called uh, Shooting, it was called Shooting Gallery uh, or something like that. Um, and it was, it was a local store where I grew up and they had a webpage. I was like, oh, cool. You know what was on the webpage? Their logo, their name, contact information, address, store hours. That was it. It was like, oh. So if you wanted to shop, you had to go to a brick and mortar. But I think if all these stores go, you know, like, instead of having to pay overhead for, you know, a place like this, like, I could just turn my home into a multi-use facility or i could rent uh you know like a storage facility and organize it in such a way that i just have to go there at the end of the day and start pulling things off the shelf with another worker and pack package box it up and ship it out i mean heck anytime you order a gun like it's it's never the fastest like from order to package it out the door onto the move onto the shipping truck like it always takes a while but like you could look at stores like oh yeah like come buy my you know like cookies or like this or that and it's like it gets delivered to you like yeah i can still see mom and pop shops local shops like or like a Publix or something like that we're like oh i need a birthday cake today like i go to the bakery and i can get a cake you know because they have cakes lying around Oh, dude, you still do that all online now. And if you want your picture or whatever special cake design, you can do all the features online. They have a really, really – and not just Publix. I'm sure all of them. They have a really awesome integrated cake design thing that you're like, oh, I can make it do this and this and this. I could spend fucking six hours trying to design a cake. Yes. But so if we get to that point where it's all delivered, it's all delivered, everything's delivered, you ain't going to use that sidewalk no more. There's going to be so many of those robots. I don't care if they're going 12 miles an hour or not. Like it's going to get to the point where like, if I want to go for a walk, I now sit in traffic to go for a walk because now I'm walking behind robots and I got robots behind me and I got to turn on my turn indicator to get over to the other side of the sidewalk to pass 
the robot that's in front of me that's standing in line to go down this way. like it's like it's going to become this it's going to turn it's going to turn a road which is a network and made for traffic and all these things it's going to turn sidewalks into a mini road and driveways and walkways into the you know the off ramps for you know your major sidewalk loop around your block or around your neighborhood and it's going to get crowded i don't think so I'm not seeing it the same way you're seeing it. All right. All right. Uh, so I, here, here's how I'm seeing it, though, because I, I know what you're saying. And that's if in five years we did not progress. But in five years, we're going to have a whole, whole different system. This is just a trial system to see if we can put robots on sidewalks and have them maneuver. What you would see, in my view of it, would be a big-ass like white box truck pulls up. And that white box truck is carrying a whole bunch of robots. It's going to drop them off in the neighborhood. They're going to deliver their packages. They're all going to come back to that box truck and they're going to take off. And it's not going to be as packed. I think people, instead of having, we're going to get to that, oh man, Amazon's two-hour delivery is the greatest fucking thing in the world. I think that two-hour delivery is going to go away and they're going to have a big time-slotted window where your neighborhood is going to be slotted for all deliveries between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. And then a truck or an individual Amazon car that has a whole bunch of packages is going to have an onboard robot. It's going to pull up to your house, robot will load it up, dump it, take it to your door, go back and that's if we don't start using aerial drones in five to seven years yeah and then you have the you know your neighborhood airways are now crowded like uh, my point right, is that, crowding right, i got that crowding I, yes. that's what i'm getting at all this excessive crowding so it becomes because it's like like people go to the suburbs to get away from the crowding of the city like i don't want to be dealing with all of these people. I don't want to be stacked on top of someone. It's like some people are like, I don't want the suburbs. I want the boonies. I want, I want like, I can see you coming up my property and I got my shotgun, boy. Like, you know, like some people want that. Some people want the suburbs. Other people are like, oh, I love how everything's so close, but I'm stacked on top of my neighbors. It's just so great. Like, but like you get to this point where it's like crowding of all these robots. Cause I've been, you know, like there's been times where like, Oh, look, it's UPS, it's FedEx, it's Amazon, it's USPS. They're all in the same area at the same time. It's like a battle is going to ensue. Who will come out and be on top? Will it be the government? No, let's just let's 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 face it, folks. USPS is not the most efficient system in the world. It's going to be either Amazon, FedEx or UPS winning that fight. But, but it's Amazon. It's Amazon winning the fight. They're, they're yeah. crushing it, man. Battle bots. No, but um, OK, so I'm from the Bay Area, California. Right, uh-huh. we, we take Bart up to fucking the city. The city being San Francisco, yeah, crowded sidewalks. People crowd sidewalks. You ever been in New York? I've been in New York several times, especially in the like the New York City area. It doesn't matter. Even in the non-touristy places, those sidewalks are fucking packed with people. Yep. It's uh, it's really rough to maneuver there as well. So yes, bringing that towards more suburban neighborhoods and all that we're going to see robots yeah i just don't think we're going to see them as much as 
where it's going to become a crowded problem. I am more worried about the aerial drones because the ground-based robots can A, be battery-powered, and if you've ever been next to a Tesla fucking car, you know the damn thing mm-hmm. is silent. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> an aerial drone, battery-powered or not, is going to have some type of propeller oh, that has to make some goddamn noise. So I'm yep. going to sit in my house, and it's going to be like, all fucking day, I'm going to start shooting shit out of the goddamn sky. I don't fucking care anymore. So I'm okay with some crowded sidewalks. As long as it doesn't fucking bother me with that constant because I'm going to have to soundproof the house and then I'm going to no, sue no, every no. goddamn company that's going to fly a drone to get my house soundproofed for me because I'm not listening to that shit. Yeah, and it's like people who don't want to live near train tracks or near the airport because they don't want to hear all that noise. So it's like I don't want to hear a bunch of aerial drone noise like, yeah, they're annoying. Like I, I listened to, I, I watched Demolition Ranch videos and like sometimes they've got the aerial drone and like i can hear it in the background and i'm just like they're standing on the ground you're standing that close and you're still got the aerial drone like why are we using the aerial drone right now guys like this is annoying like that that that, that high pitch buzzing noise just, oh ah. and that that drone is like two miles up with that ultra 4k super camera with the zoom lens and you can still hear it i, I watched demolition yeah. ranch that's a good one I'll, I'll, yeah yeah hick uh hickok 45 is better but that's a whole different discussion well so demolition is is the comedy is the comedy and and it's and you know it's hitchcock 45 is more of the serious nature of it like he's got some jokes but he's more like dad joke material like he's grandpa's got these old jokes and uh and it's but it's like demolition ranch is like look i've got this box let's see if i can shoot it with a 50 cal but let's start at the 22 first <laughs> yeah ordering all the chinese body armor or how about let's just shoot a bunch of nos canisters that's gonna be cool yeah do they really blow up oh they don't yeah no when he said the nos and they were like yeah it's only up to this many psi i was like the scuba tank's worse <laughs> scuba tank's a lot higher than the psi range but um Ah, uh, speaking of, you know, Valve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Way to transition. A, Way to transition. It, I like that one. It's it's a little bit better. But uh, Valve cancels Artifact 2.0 uh, and makes the existing version free. And uh, this comes from Polygon. So uh, Dota, the uh, video game, uh, the card game version called uh, Artifact uh, they were developing a uh, 2.0 version, uh, which was uh, a revamp of the original like launch they did in 2018 of Artifact. And then they're like, um, nah, we're done. So they have uh, Artifact Classic or Artifact 2.0 Beta. Um, oh, sorry, they renamed it to Artifact Foundry. It was for free. Uh, they won't be doing any further updates uh, to any of the versions. And they say that it's technically it's a it's an unfinished product, but it's just missing like some polish and artwork. But like the core gameplay of what you're doing is still there. Yeah, they say the gameplay itself and the game itself is 100% finished. They just there's no polish, there's no artwork, and and then they're just gonna open it up to being free. I don't know why they abandoned it. Maybe because it wasn't even close to Magic the Gathering. Um, 
because you know jesus man magic the gathering is gonna destroy everybody when it yeah. comes to trading card games and no one's come close to it and artifact was kind of a joke when it was announced i mean valve was all serious about it but everybody went really that's fucking stupid bro like i don't want to play a card game of dota uh I, you know what because Valve is notoriously open to the modding community, I wonder if... Because they've already said they're not going to update it. They're done updating. They don't care. The devs have abandoned it entirely. Here it is for free. They don't care. I wonder if they're just going to let the modding community take it over, polish it up a little bit, throw some art into it, slap it there, and then if it gets popular or something like that, certain mods, then they'll do what they did. Um, back in the mid to late 90s where they bought everything, right? They bought Counter-Strike and they brought the entire dev team of Counter-Strike as Valve employees and all that kind of shit. Valve's kind of notorious for doing shit like that. Let the modders take it and then they hire all the modders. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a smart play because if no one really is into this, like... And I, I mean, I wouldn't even like you went Magic the Gathering, but I went Hearthstone. I'm like, yeah, Hearthstone's more popular. Maybe it's not as com- maybe this is a little more complex than Hearthstone is. Um, and it's more like on the only, you know, in line with Magic the Gathering's complexity. But uh, eh, I think it's a good idea, you know. Like you said, like mod it, people come it, people got time or want to be like, hey, look what I can do. And they get hired by some studio, you know, and polish up a game. I do like this one comment here. It's, uh, it says, let me fix that headline for you. Valve cancels game. Nobody knew slash remembered slash care existed. <laughs> I mean, true story. Uh, when they announced it, like I said, it was an absolute fucking joke. I couldn't believe it, it was like. A brand new game by Valve. And we're like, oh my god, they're releasing a new game. Like, it's a totally new thing. And we're like, oh shit, it's all exciting. And then it went, Artifact. And we're like, oh, what the fuck is Artifact? A Dota 2 trading card game. And everybody just went, seriously? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) It's kind of like how, uh, what was it, Bethesda's like Skyrim mobile version. I'm like, really? Really, guys? Really? So, so like you got it all hyped to talk about the mobile version of Skyrim, and then they did it with Diablo, and I'm just like, oh my god, why, why are we doing this, folks? Oh like, man, and Diablo Four, from what I've seen, uh, I don't know. I'm more interested in the Diablo Two Resurrected, but even then. I'm like Cecil in that regard where I'm excited for it, but I'm super skeptical about it. And I I think he's right. It's going to come out. I'm probably going to buy it after a couple reviews um, and watching some gameplay footage of it. If it is legit, like they're trying to advertise it as, Um, but I'll burn out on it in six hours and not pick it up ever again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this obsession with, Oh, look at this universe, this world and all these things that we've made and we spent so much time on let's uh let's continue pushing down this path and try to milk this for everything it's worth it's kind of stupid like um galaxy outlaws is uh black ocean audio 
uh, as an audio book. And they might have done printed of this, but I, I have it as the audio book. Um, but it's by Mikkel Naramore. And it's kind of inspired by um, Firefly. And I thought it was interesting. I've never watched Firefly, and I know everyone who hears that every time they hear it, they cringe a little bit. Um, but like, branch out, like, make a make a new world. Like, let's let's stop. Like, oh, let's turn um, Rainbow Six Siege into a card game, or Ubisoft's weird thing where they kind of turn Rainbow Six Siege into a mini mobile game i forget what the hell it's called it's it's really painful because it's got like sam fisher in it um uh who's that well okay so you're talking about a new ip right and yeah like what's the what's the new one that's being announced by bethesda that should be coming out soonish or there's a big trailer for it coming out soonish. It's tied into it. I want to say like Starbound, but I could. It's probably not Star Theory. Some shit like that. Uh, they did that. Blizzard came out with a new IP several years back, and we have yeah. Overwatch, and that's yes. now a shit game. <laughs> I think it's it's banned from all the esports stuff now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and but there were a lot of people who enjoyed it. Like I bought the game. I've played some of it. But, you know, stop doing this. Stop. Let's try to reinvent this exact same game in a different format. Let's let's try to take this game and put it on a mobile phone. Let's try to take this and turn it into a card game. And I know someone's yeah. right now going, oh, this is coming from the guy who's playing Pokemon on a phone. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. It really is. Like, there's at times where I go, like, this is really stupid. I should spend more time on Pokemon Swords on my Switch. You know, that's right here. That's mobile that I can move around with me and take with me in different places. But, you know, it's kind of weird when you go from your desk at work to a poop break and you're carrying your Switch. Questions will be asked. And I don't have cargo pockets in my work outfit so i can't really do that folks but anyway like just yeah i feel like the they're staying inside the lines too much when they do stuff like this like it's like go outside like there's there's different things you know like george lucas created star wars he saw all these movies and read all of these books and he made Star Wars. And then people came on down the road and kind of ruined it with, you know, the sequels. But you know, like we, you, there have been there were like all these books that were inspired by Star Wars. But like there have been other things that have been inspired by Star Wars that created other worlds, other universes. And that's what I think they need to do with games, because. I liked Splinter Cell. And when Splinter Cell went silent after, um, actually, was that 
No, it wasn't Chaos Theory. Uh, shoot, that was... Oh, man, they had so I... many Splinter Cell games. I lost count. I played the first three, loved them, and then I don't know what happened. Yeah, so I, I thought it was Chaos Theory, but it was actually Splinter Cell Double Agent came out. So it was 2006. Okay, so that came out. Uh, let's see. Assassin's Creed, the original game. When did that come out? A um, long, long time ago. Early 2000s? I've only seen Valhalla. No, I don't want the film. Uh, I don't know the latest. I want to know the original game. When did it come out? Blah, blah, blah. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, blah, duh, duh, duh. Uh, 2007, November yep. 13th. Yeah, so they came out with Double Agent for Splinter Cell. I played it. I liked it. Splinter Cell went dark. But I saw Assassin's Creed and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And I got involved in that. Like, if you just stay like down this path and just keep remaking, 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 you're going to run out of ideas. So wait, which game did you say went dark? Splinter Cell Double A uh, Splinter Cell. It went it was double agents, and then for the longest time they like they teased things for conviction. Right. And then we that was in 2010 and then Blacklist in 2013. Yeah. But because they were going dark on Splinter Cell after Double Agent, I got into the Assassin's Creed stuff more and more and more. Because I was like, I needed that. I wanted that fix of that stealth action-like game which Splinter Cell had, had strategy, you know, hiding, blending, you know, into the darkness. Instead, I was hiding in plain sight. I was climbing rooftops. I was, you know, blending in with crowds, hiding in hay bales and stuff like that. So, you know, you need to, they need to create something new. So, you know, I, I get why people are like, yeah, Dota, Dota's more f like, I don't know anybody who plays a game like Dota and goes, you know, it'd be make this game so much better if we played it with cards. Like, you know, you know, it would make Skyrim so much better with all these mods if I could play it on my phone and not apply any of them. Dude, you can play Skyrim on Alexa and like legitimately yeah. it plays. But like, it's. I, I think Valve, I like this decision. We're done. Move on. Go do something else. Like, Well, I mean, look at it. So Magic the Gathering had like three or four failed launches to get a gaming platform on PC for the game. Period. Pokemon, as shitty as the application was, was the Pokemon trading card game worked on PC with no or little to no issues and people were playing it. Then look at Blizzard. They jump in and they have that, what what the hell's the game called? Hearthstone? Yeah, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Or Hearthstone, Hearthstone whatever. Hearthstone, whatever the fuck it was. And that just printed money for the longest time until it got to the point where 
it got too big for its own good and they couldn't patch and change rules without completely breaking the game and then wiping people's inventories and so now it's just it's a dead game for the most part is you can watch youtube videos and build a very specific deck that's practically unbeatable unless they build a deck specifically to beat the exact cards it's a fucking it's a mess now you can't just play it to have fun Val jumped on board and started making the artifact game, you know, years ago. And I guess it was pretty popular when it first came out with trading card player people, but it never got as big as Hearthstone. Hearthstone started dying out years ago. And I think it's, I mean, to me, it's a dead game now. I, I don't know anybody who really plays it. Uh, the only other game was Magic actually launched its Magic the Gathering uh, PC for Windows, you know, shit, and it was good. I played the shit out of that with Zyber and a couple other people, and it, I mean, it was good. I was able to transfer all of my current decks directly into the game, so I didn't have to spend a whole bunch of money in the game to do it. And I was like, man, so they came out, and I think they crushed hearthstone they crushed artifact i mean there's no real reason to get into the game magic has it magic is always going to have it there are other trading card games but they're never going to be as popular until magic shuts its doors Yu-Gi-Oh is taking over it's going to be the best <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is surprisingly popular man i had no fucking idea until yeah. i was taking the kid to the magic tournaments on friday nights and sure uh, yeah, Friday or Saturday nights, and I was taking her down to do those once a week, and wow, they had big Yu-Gi-Oh turnouts, and I was like, that's kind of weird. There's more people for Yu-Gi-Oh than there is for Magic, and huh, I mean, they're much smaller audience, or much younger audience. There's a yes. bunch of parents that hang out with us at the bar down the street, which is fucking great, because like, it's, a, oh, I should say down the street, it's like four doors down from the game store, so we drink at the bar, they play their magic shit and their Yu-Gi-Oh shit, <laughs> when they're ready, we just pick them all up and take them home. Yeah, I, uh, that was, that was the first card game that I focused on. I think for Pokemon... I got the trading card game on a disc. Played that for maybe three hours at most. I had the, and then that was like, oh, and I tell my buddy, I was like, oh, we're doing this wrong. When we were playing, when we were collecting all the cards, we had the boosters. Like I did it. I did Pokemon for collection. I didn't do Pokemon for fights or, you know, matches the card games. No, I didn't do that. That's not what we did. Uh, but when it came to Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, we got into that. The TV show, and then we were like, yeah, and then we got the trading cards, um, and we fought. And I remember I bought sleeves, and like it became, instead of like Pokemon was in a binder and kept in sleeves in a binder, Yu-Gi-Oh was kept in a box and I sleeved my cards. Heck, I, I love my cousin so much. He's 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 such a cool cool dude. Uh, I almost said little. He's not little anymore. He's in college. But I remember he gave me a, a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, and I remember looking through those cards, going, "Oh man, that's cool." And I remember looking through one of them, and was going, "Oh man, I had the Japanese version of this one." It's like, oh, so that's what that said. But like, yeah, that was that was my first. Uh, 
was my first step into the uh, the trading card game world was was Yu-Gi-Oh, and I I, I may have dated myself doing that. Uh <laughs> bro, I'm getting closer and closer to forty. So uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, on that note, Damoc, why don't you tell the lovely people where they can find you? Uh, I exclusively troll the GNA Discord. You can always find me in there. I'm no longer the ultimate shit talker, but I am working my way back up there. I do believe I have the stats. Uh, I'm level 29. The closest person is Ko at 21, and behind him is level 18. So soon enough, I will become the ultimate shit talker once again. Yes, that, that title is currently not claimed. So there, no one is currently the ultimate shit talker. I don't know when we award that. So it's automatically awarded at level 50 and multiple oh. people can become the ultimate shit talker. Okay. But no one else gets a trophy like I got for being the first ultimate shit talker. Shit talker. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, speaking of trophies, by the way, the wife says hi. Uh, I have her trophy. I found it. It's actually up there on the shelf. I found the box of them. I do need to send that shit out. I do have it, and Sheila Selkie has been bothering me to uh, get it out there. So <laughs> I, I will be sending it soon. Well, we look forward to that. That, that, was, a, that was a fun night. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Blue Shark 45 uh, You can find me for 15 minutes every week <laughs> on the no, GNA Discord. No. You can find him for about two and a half minutes in the morning, <laughs> right around 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern yep. Standard Time, saying, hello, how are you, posting a random sentence, <laughs> and then you'll see him the next day. That'll be it. <laughs> yep. A wild blue shark has appeared. A wild blue shark has fled. <laughs> and you can also find me on uh, Twitter at blue shark 45 you can find me on parlor i don't do a lot on there i should I, I, honestly folks i'm not gonna lie when when i when we started taking over this show and before that i was mad uh not mad i was just like i was all out gangbusters like just tweeting and posting and chatting in this discord that discord now i just like relegated to the one where i happen to be on the podcast and the rest of them, I sometimes scroll through there. But uh, yeah, you, you can find me. Um, you, If you poke me, you'll probably get a response out of me. Uh, but, you know, the, the best thing to do is you can email us. And if you're wondering, well, oh, what's your email address? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have this wonderful thing. It's called a website. Whoa, that hurt a little bit. I don't know what a website is anymore. I'm quite forgetful at this point. This rub's kicking my ass. No! Fuck your speakers. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, you all have a lovely evening. Thank you again, Damoc. 
Oh man, anytime. It was a great bullshit with you, man. <laughs>